At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's happening, people? Welcome to it. Time for another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here, as always. Thank you for being with us on this Monday. Depending on when you're listening, could be afternoon, could be night. Well, I hope it's not night because we got a couple of ball games to preview this evening, folks, and I want you to be ready for it because I've got some strong angles, at least for one of the games, that I hope we can ride and cash a ticket together on. So I'll get to that momentarily with our Chicago baseball teams. Further along in this episode, we'll talk a little bit about the NBA postseason, update some of our series bets. Uh, the Heat ain't looking too good for us, but more on that a little bit later. The Warriors in their series spread looking mighty fine for us. And, well, we got to talk about the Bucks and the Celtics. Big game tonight. And, of course, we'll talk a little puck later here on the CityCast. But let's get into it. First and foremost, hope you had a happy Mother's Day. I certainly did. Was able to hang with some fam, kick back, watch some sports a little bit. Well, Mostly on the side with my phone, right? You know, I got to get the Cubs game on there. I was sweating the Dodgers run line bet. Although it wasn't really a sweat up until, what, the fifth inning. And then the Dodgers showed that they are the Dodgers. And the Cubs, well, the Cubs are still the Cubs. So, uh, yeah, you know how that goes. And speaking of the Cubs, it's really not going to get much easier tonight. I mean, they go against another NL West opponent. They got to go out on the road for this one, though. A team that... We have taken a flyer on to win the World Series before the year at 18-1. to Padres have been all right this season. I mean, they definitely have been 
they've been on a steady pace, I guess you could say, for San Diego. There hasn't been anything with a bet that we've made in that area that's been concerning. Obviously, considering they're 19 and 10, but you know their bullpen does present some issues, and they only have a plus 15 run differential. So that's why I'm not necessarily blown away. They've had a relatively easier schedule, but hey, you got to take advantage when you can. And well, let's be honest, they're probably going to do so today or tonight, rather, against the Chicago Cubs. So talking about the betting angles for this specific game, San Diego opened only as minus 145 as the favorite, and I say only because now they're up to minus 159 at Bet Rivers. And by the way, Bet Rivers has the best number. I've seen it as high as minus 175 in Illinois. So again, make sure you do your shopping. Chicago was catching plus 125 at the opener. Now they're plus 135. Total open seven remains at seven the juice is on the over however minus 121 and the under is plus 102 if you have any interest in the run line if you want to take the run in the hook with the cubbies you're laying minus a buck 67 if you want to take or excuse me if you want to lay with san diego in the run line you're getting plus 133 so some decent value there if you don't want to lay about minus 160 with the friars now the cubs are currently on a five game losing streak they just got swept in three games versus the Dodgers. Again, not really a shocker. Uh, the Padres come in looking pretty decent. They just took three out of four versus Miami. And again, this team is just really taking advantage of teams that are either equal or lesser than them. And of course, the Cubs fall in the category of lesser. I mean, this team is just, look, and, and it seems like I'm probably going to say this once a week, but we, of course pegged the Cubs as kind of an undervalued team. And they've certainly played like that the first week and a half. And now they're really playing like the team that I'm sure a lot of people expected them to. And then some. Like, they've just been terrible. They can't hit for squat. The starting pitching's a mess. But we already knew this going into it. You knew they weren't going to hit for power. You knew there was no depth with starting pitching, which is getting worse now that Stroman's injured. Bummer. And the bullpen is fine, but, you know, you're not giving them an opportunity to really shine or showcase if they can do anything because you're not getting a lead going late in the games. But speaking of the starting pitching, you know I've got strong thoughts about this pitcher. Kyle Hendricks. Look, I don't have anything against the guy. I love Kyle Hendricks and everything he has done as a Cub. But at this point in his career, I love him for the case of fading him. Or just not betting him, right? When it comes to Hendricks, we talked about this last week. We faded him against the White Sox and won our bet, I believe, is, is the game that we bet the White Sox on. And Hendricks is a guy that will give you a great outing once, maybe every four, three starts, somewhere around there. And Cubs fans will still go, oh, that's a professor, still a top pitcher, can't fade him, will always bet him. Don't do it, all right? He's 1-3 with a 5.64 ERA. A, uh, a FIP, excuse me, I was going to say whip, we'll get to that in a sec. His FIP is 5.51. So we talk about discrepancies because sometimes you'll see a guy with a high ERA, like a 5.64, but sometimes their FIP may be like 3.73, and you're like, all right, the public's going to see that high ERA and look to fade him, but really the true indicator of what his ERA should be, a.k.a. the FIP, is telling us that he's really not that bad. Well, the FIP is telling us that he's really as bad as his ERA states, okay? And then you can look at his whip, 1.48. Again, league average, 1.30. Now, Hendricks, which you got to always look into with him is his home and road splits. 
and in eight innings pitched on the road, ladies and gentlemen, he has been terrible. 13.50 ERA, 577 Woba, weighted on base average. What the hitters are nailing Hendricks on the road. And by the way, these hitters, consisting of players on the Pirates and the Brewers, both of which he gave up six earned runs against. And he's got a FIP on the road of 10.70. I, you know, I just don't even, I couldn't recall ever seeing a guy's numbers this poor. I get it's not a big sample size, but it's enough to be, I guess, just to recognize it as a guy that you can't trust. And the betting market is telling you that. Minus 145 up to minus 160. He's given up 10 earned runs in his last two starts. Six at Milwaukee, four versus the White Sox, okay? This is a guy that still could have a good start, right? I mean, he looked okay against the White Sox for a second, and then it finally came around. So, like, that's the thing, you know, because I'm looking at this game, and I'm thinking, well, maybe you just go first five and fade Kyle Hendricks because the Padres' bullpen has been a little sketchy from time to time. They get a 4.21 ERA with their bullpen, but a good whip of 1.17. However, the bullpen for the Cubs is a tad bit better. I mean, ERA-wise, at least they are, 3.46. Whip, the Cubs have a higher one at 1.21. If you look at more numbers, it's actually not that far apart separating these two bullpens. But my point being is that, look, you know, Hendricks still has the capability of having a vintage Hendricks outing. So that's why I'm not necessarily eager to fade him in the first five. I'm just going to look to fade the Cubs for the full, uh, the full game because, well, their offense has been stinking. San Diego has better bats, and it may take them a little longer to come alive. And Mackenzie Gore, the southpaw for the Padres, has been solid, but, you know, I mean, who knows? It's still early for him. He's 2-0, 1.71 ERA, 2.88 FIP, really good. Left on base percentage, uh, 89% fantastic ground ball percentage over 40%. That's what we're looking for. It's at 41 and a half percent BABIP meaning batting average of balls in play 283 league average is 300. You want to be below that. He is and a really good whip of 1.19 and really folks, his worst outing was his first one of the year and he only gave up two earned runs versus the Braves. So he has been very solid this season. Cubs hitting 693 OPS. Against Southpaws, 697 OPS on the road. Now, granted, the Padres ain't hitting the best at Petco, 636 OPS, and they ain't crushing righties, 663 OPS. But if there's a game for them to come alive and showcase their talent offensively, it's got to be against Hendricks, and it's got to be against his lackluster Cubs team. So I went and laid the minus 159 at Bet Rivers with the Padres' money line. Now, I get a lot of you don't feel comfortable laying that much, and that's completely fine. So at that point, yeah, just go with the run line. Shop around for the best number, but right now you're getting some value on the Padres with the run line plus 133. Realistically, if the Padres win, yes, they're probably going to win by two or more. But because of the notion that, at least anecdotally in the back of my mind, Hendricks could have a vintage good start. That's not even as anecdotally, but when I bet the Padres, their bullpen has made some games a little sketchy for me. I'm going to lay more just to have that extra security and not have to completely sweat out the bullpen, maybe having an implosion. Again, the chances that happens probably 
you know, more often it won't than it will, of course, with most teams. But it feels like when you're betting on a team, their bullpen always kind of makes it tough on you. So, again, I'm comfortable laying the money line. I think the Padres have the big advantage in this game from pretty much all facets. And I'm willing to lay the price to bank on that they come to fruition as the victors. So I'm going to fade the Cubs once again. I mean, I did yesterday. I didn't, you know, dish it out as a top play because, well, it was the weekend. So we're chilling back a little bit. I just need some side action. And uh, I knew fading the Cubbies was probably going to be a profitable venture. And let's hope it's the same case tonight. What about the White Sox? So is this a Chicago team we can rely on now? The Red Hot folks are on a six-game winning streak. They just swept the Red Sox. Dallas Keuchel even wasn't a complete liability yesterday. How about it? Tricky, though. The Guardians, a team we really didn't expect too much from, they're coming in winning their last four out of five games. They swept the White Sox at home last month and outscored them 19-5. to but it's a new-look White Sox team now, folks. And Yoan Mankata is expected to make his season debut. Larusa said he's going to move into the number two slot in the batting order, and that's going to move center fielder Luis Roberts to the cleanup spot. The lineup is looking more and more lethal for the Southsiders. Now, we were talking about this, I believe, last week in terms of the AL Central odds. They were like minus 106. Now they're minus 110. So, Actually, not that big a movement as much as I thought it would be for a team on a six-game winning streak. I might have to go ahead and pull the trigger on this. I'll probably talk about it on Rush Hour tonight if I end up doing it. I mean, I get it because the Twins are still winning, right? They're on a three-game winning streak, 7-3 and three in their last 10. The White Sox are on a six-game winning streak, also 7-3 and three in their last 10. By the way, the Guardians also 7-3 and three in their last 10. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, look. The White Sox are going to find a way to win this division. They're going to get healthier. You're seeing Mankata come back. You just got to get the consistent hitting. And now that you got Mankata back in the mix, that absolutely is going to help. So shop around two for this because I think I saw people tweeting that in some spots you were actually still getting plus money, which I think is absurd. But we've talked about this almost ad nauseum. The White Sox are going to find a way to figure it out. The reason I didn't bet it last week is because I kind of thought they would actually maybe struggle against the Red Sox. And it was more of a test, right? Is this White Sox team actually going to be on a hot streak? Or did they just take advantage of a bad Cubs team? But like we said, I mean, they took care of business at Fenway. Even Dallas Keuchel showed up. So uh, hard to ignore this White Sox team getting on a hot streak right now. Trying to look at some other numbers. Minus 115 at another outlet. Yeah, minus 110. At Bet Rivers seems to be one of the best numbers out there, and I absolutely have no issue laying that number. And look, again, guys, I mean, when you think about futures, everybody always thinks about getting an incredible plus price a lot of the times, but it doesn't always have to be that way, especially in a situation like the White Sox. I mean, again, yeah, you typically want to get that, you know, especially this far out. But with a team like the White Sox, you recognize how big of a favorite they were preseason over like minus 250, how weak the division should be and what it should kind of filter out to be, and just the injuries the White Sox were dealing with. So why not take advantage of a great bargain? Because this team should probably still be, at least in my opinion, minus 150 to win the division. 
Yeah, I honestly believe that. And I do believe they're going to win it. So I'll probably pull the trigger on the White Sox, minus 110. Again, I'm still kind of filibustering here and looking around uh, to see if there are any better odds. But minus 110 seems to be the best. Let's see, I'm kind of just looking here. Everywhere else seems to have minus 115. So, again, I mean, like, at that point, if you don't care about laying the five cents more, and that's the only book you have available, so be it. But uh, Bet Rivers, minus 110, best number. Minus 125 is what I'm seeing at some places right now. So, yeah, do your shopping. Check out Bet Rivers. Look to lay the minus 110 with the White Sox. Unless you aren't so confident that they're going to do that well in this series against the Guardians, but you kind of got to look at it from the revenge angle too. The White Sox now with some momentum, they're going to be ticked off. They just got swept by the Guardians. So yeah, they're going to be coming in pissed. They got Mankata back in the mix. Liam Hendricks got some rest from not pitching yesterday. And you're getting Michael Kopech out there who's been fairly solid. He's got a 1.17 ERA, a 1.04 whip, a 2.64 fit, very solid, has not given up a home run thus far. And the balls that are getting hit are only classified as hard hit 18% of the time. Incredibly low, which is great. Now, Kopech has struggled against Cleveland in his career, going 0 of 1. Or he's 0 and 1, excuse me. Uh, he's got an ERA of 8.22 against the Guardians in five appearances, one of them being a start. He's racked up 10 strikeouts in seven and two-thirds innings. He still has yet to go longer than five innings pitched, by the way, this season. Zach Plesak, he's going to be on the opposing side. The righty is 1-3 with a 4.44 ERA. Not really accustomed to Plesak having these poor numbers because he's got a 1.41 whip and a 4.75 FIP. So concerning absolutely on the side of Plesak. Versus the White Sox, though, when they swept the Southsiders, he did very well in his outing. He went 6.2 innings pitched, allowed 7 hits, 1 earned run, only 3 strikeouts. But the Guardians did win that game 6-3. Now, in 10 career starts against Chicago, Plesak is 3-4 with a 4.18 ERA. He's logged 53 strikeouts in 56 innings. I give the advantage here, pitching-wise, to the White Sox. I would want Kopech to go deeper. That's the reason that I'm just like, ah, how much do I really want to go in on the White Sox here? Because if you're looking at their odds, folks, they open like minus 180. And the betting market hasn't necessarily been jumping all over them. And rightfully so. Do you want to lay minus 180 with this White Sox team that, yeah, has been good, but hasn't hit righties well and hasn't hit well at home? And the Guardians had their number the last time they played. So they're only up to minus 182 at Bet Rivers. Cleveland's plus 155. Total 7.5. That's currently at 7.5. Over is minus 110. Under is minus 108. Now, of course, you could look to lay the run in the half on the run line with the White Sox. You're getting plus 114 if you're doing so. If you want to take the run in the hook with the Guardians, you're getting minus a buck 39. Now, batting splits. I just told you, White Sox haven't been hitting well at home. 612 OPS at guaranteed rate field. They've been terrible against righties. 598 OPS. So bad splits hitting-wise for this situation for the White Sox. Whereas the Guardians, well, it stacks up fairly well for them. They've been hitting better on the road, 748 OPS. They have been hitting better versus righties, 775 OPS. But how much are we taking that into account for this specific game? 
Slight advantage pitching-wise for the White Sox. Momentum from being on a winning streak. You have the revenge angle from getting swept, and you got a big back coming back to the lineup in Mankata. Bullpen stats, eh, they're fairly even. Cleveland maybe a little bit better. Look, I, I would want to go with the White Sox here, but there's no way in hell I'm laying minus a buck 82. And because of the pitching that's fairly solid on both sides, I know I said the advantage goes to the White Sox, but if Kopech can't go too deep and this White Sox offense isn't dominating per se, I don't want to lay the run and a half either at just plus 114. So this is probably going to be a stay away from me. Now, if you really want to get into it, I don't hate the idea of either looking for the Sox in the first five, considering Kopech probably ain't going past five, or I would look at the total going under. And when I bet unders, I only do first fives. I don't want to do full games because you have to trust these crap bullpens and the extra innings rule with the guy starting on second. So if you're doing that, see if you can get the number at four because that's where I have seen it at some spots. Let me double check what Bet Rivers has. Um, four and a half. Wow. They're putting it at four and a half. I mean, they're making you lay a price to the under minus 143, but man, I mean, four and a half, even if you're laying that much, given, given the hook, I do not hate that whatsoever. Pretty much consensus is four. So if a book like bet rivers is giving you the hook, and again, you don't mind laying some of the vig there then I really don't hate that angle. And I honestly didn't know it was four and a half. I just assumed it was four, but just pulling it up, I saw it was four and a half. That may be something I'd have to approach because, yeah, every other book has it at four. Which, I mean, with a full game total at seven and a half, you would think it would be three and a half or four, not four or four and a half. Because you're trusting the starting pitchers more so anyways. So you would assume that it would be a little bit lower. At least I would, but... Look, if you want to bet this White Sox game, that would be my top play. Because, yeah, every other book, just looking now, seems like four is the consensus. I mean, you're getting a more appropriate price, obviously, at four. But at Bet Rivers, you can do four in the hook. Minus 139 now. Just shifted. You're getting better odds as I'm looking at it. I mean, the market, I guess, is going to the over a little bit um, in terms of just the full game and I was looking like in Vegas and some other spots where I like to see where these lines move and the over was getting a little bit of love so that could be concerning I want to double check what this weather is as well finally getting some good weather here in Chicago how the hell about it it's about damn time but maybe the ball will start flying a little bit more now nah, these balls are dead and it ain't gonna matter and it does look like the wind is blowing in from right field to the left side of the field at 16 miles per hour. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And like we said, Kopech hasn't given up a home run, right? So, I don't know. I kind of like that first five under four and a half angle. Might have to pull trig on that. I haven't done anything yet. But, again, if I'm doing it, that's what it's going to be. First five under four in the hook. I think that's pretty generous. And, yeah, I mean, the line's moving against you. But the fact... That every other book's offering you four, and you're getting four and a half at Bet Rivers. Eh, might be worth it. Might be worth it. All right, let's take a quick break here, folks. I want to bring it back, talk some NBA postseason, a little bit of Stanley Cup playoffs. More so, I'll discuss that on my show Rush Hour tonight. Again, make sure you're listening, watching, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Marquee Sports Network. 
Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, VEASAN.com, or the VEASAN app, and iHeartRadio, so wherever you get your podcasts available. Because, yes, here on the Chicago CityCast, we're always talking Chicago, but if it's the playoffs, you know, I'll give you my two cents. But when I'm going with my official plays, a.k.a. Danny's Dimes, that are aside from Chicago events, I'll dish them out there. So I'm hoping you guys can follow along because we're doing great with a lot of our plays, and I want you to be able to cash some of it. So at DannyBurk5 on Twitter, I always tweet out the link. Hopefully you can tune in tonight and pretty much most of the nights because we're looking to get some consistent winners as we head into the summer months. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, back in action here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. How about these NBA playoffs, man? It's uh, It's been quite the whirlwind. Keeping you on your toes, that's for sure. I want to talk about the Heat and Sixers series to start. I'm pretty ticked, I'm not going to lie. I expected more out of the Heat. I really did not think I'd see as bad of a shooting performance as I did last night from the Miami Heat. It made me feel like the Bulls were still playing. I'm not even kidding. And honestly, I feel like the Bulls could have done better. Not in terms of the box score necessarily, but in terms of the shooting from beyond the arc. 7 of 35 from the Miami Heat against the Sixers, who went 16 of 33 from deep. Which is annoying just because, one, it's terrible, but two, because you only lost by eight, and they made nine more three-pointers than you. Like, my goodness. You have this opportunity to snag one game and you just can't put it together. You couldn't hit water if you fell out of a damn boat. Pathetic. They rarely were taking mid-range opportunities and they're terrified of going up against Embiid except for Jimmy Butler. Like, come on. Butler's dropping 40. No one else is doing jack squat. Kyle Lowry, six points. Hey, thanks for nothing, buddy. I know he's playing a little banged up, but I mean, if you're not going to do anything, why are you out there? Bam had a bio at 21. Bam had a good game. He got shafted with some fouls. Like, Embiid literally gets a foul every time he pulls up for mid-range. It's actually infuriating. I mean, Oladipo had 15 points, but he still only went 1-5 of from deep, 3-9 from the floor. 8-10 from the charity stripe is where he got his buckets. Hero was terrible. 4-12 from the floor. 1-5 from deep. 11 points. Figure it out, buddy. Also, Duncan Robinson doesn't even play. I just saw some like, what, they're paying him like 90 mil and he doesn't even play. He didn't get one minute. There's your three-point shooter. Jeez. I mean, terrible. 7 40 21 6 6 0 0 2 11 15 are the point splits for the roster. Here's the Sixers. 13, 11, 24, 18, 31, 10, 2, 5, 2. 
a little bit more widespread. That's team basketball. But yet, somehow, they still only won by eight. I know that it was probably, again, like, it should have been deeper than that, as in the Sixers should have won by more. And the Heat will win the next game, more than likely. But, you know, we took a little bit of a flyer on the Heat to win in a sweep and to win in five. You know, that happens sometimes. But we still have the Heat on the series spread. Um, minus one and a half and minus two dollars after game one. They don't have that available right now at Bet Rivers. Total games played in this series is now six in the hook, over minus 125, under minus 103. The overall series price, the Heat minus 162. We got a minus 170 before the series started. Phillies plus 132. And you can bet the exactas. The Heat to win in seven is plus 175, the shortest price. The Heat to win in six plus 225. The Sixers to either win in six or seven, the price is both plus 350. Look, like I said, the Heat are probably going to win the next game. They'll have the home court advantage. They will bounce back. So you can look at it from a couple different ways. First, what side are you on? Right? I mean, who do you think wins the series, Miami or Philly? I still think the Heat find a way. So if I wasn't already invested a pretty hefty amount in the Heat, I would look at it from the approach of, hey, I'm getting the best number I have gotten on the Heat to win a series this whole playoffs. And I assume they are going to win game five. So with the price of minus 162, why don't you go ahead and bet that, assuming they win the next game, and then that price will probably shoot back up to minus $2. Now, if you're on the other side, if you like the Sixers, they're plus 132, Again, I would still probably wait because you're going to get a better number on Philly, okay, assuming they lose this next game. And if it's back, forth, home, away, home, away, you know what I'm saying? Like, then Philly wins the next game. It's going to change once again. So I'm just you got to kind of configure all of that in your mind and which side you're leaning toward and then assume where the price is going to alter to. But, yeah, I kind of – I still like the heat here. I'm not feeling great. I'm not going to lie. That was a crap game for sure. But Miami should be the better team in this series. Keyword should. But Embiid is making a big impact, as he typically does. So I don't know. Let me know how you're looking to play it. At DannyBurke5 on Twitter. I think I'm just going to stay patient for now. Sweat out the minus 170 series price we have and hope the Heat can win this thing in six. Again, if you think they can, it's plus 225. Jeez. Terrible two-game stretch on the road. If the Heat get a good enough win in game five... I think they can pull off game six on the road in Philly. Because, again, look, they lost by eight, and they shot 20% from three. I would hope that doesn't happen again. Jeez. And who knows what the hell is going to occur in game five. So, yeah, I mean, you you need more from Tyler Hero. You wasted a Jimmy Butler 40-point performance. You're going to need to be better. And they will for game five. And... Then game six could damn well be a pickup. And I'm hoping the Heat can win the next two. But we'll see. Another series we've got plenty of skin in the game with. The Bucks and the Celtics. Ooh, game, what was it? Game uh, four, man. No, game three, I'm sorry. Game three, that was insane. Bucks won by what, like two, three? I wasn't able to watch it. I was actually out golfing. First golf outing of the year. It was nice to get out there. Beautiful day in the Chicagoland area. But yeah, the Bucs won 103-101. to 
good win. Doesn't matter how they did it. They did it. And now the updated series prices have Milwaukee minus 177. Oh, but I thought the Celtics were supposed to be like the $2 favorite, right? No, we thought that was silly and it was silly. Now the Celtics are plus 145. If you want to lay the spread on the series outcome, laying a game and a half with Milwaukee, meaning they would have to win in six or they'd have to win in five, it's plus 107. But at that point, folks, don't do the Bucks minus one and a half plus 107. Just do the Bucks to win in five at plus 350 or the Bucks to win in six plus 225. I'm saying if you were considering that, I wouldn't do either. But the Celtics catching a game and a half is minus 136. I would probably rather do that. I think this could absolutely go seven. Total games played in the series, over six and a half plus 140, under six and a half minus 180. But again, if you think it's going seven games, you know, instead of lane minus 136 with the Celtics plus one and a half, just take the plus 140 over six and a half games, right? Big difference in price. So again, a lot of things you got to configure in your head, realizing it's in a sense could be the same bet. Like if it's going seven, of course the Celtics are going to cover a game and a half. But instead of laying minus 136, you could just take plus 140. I mean, I get why it's different because the Celtics could have, you know, naturally win the next three games. And then, well, it wouldn't go to seven games. So I understand it. But let's be honest. The chances that happens is slim to none. I'm not saying I'm betting any of those things. I'm already invested heavily in the Bucks. We have them to win the championship. We have them... Um, to win this series in a couple different ways, right? Let me pull it up what we got exactly. We've got this series, first and foremost, over five and a half games at minus 167. We've got the Bucks to win the series in six games at plus 550, and the Bucks to win this series in seven games at seven to one. So the Bucks to win this series in seven games now, instead of seven to one where we got it, it's five to one. The Bucks to win in six instead of plus 550 where we got it. Right now at Bet Rivers, it's plus 225. If you think the Bucks continue to win and they win out and they win in five, it's plus 350. Now, if you think Boston has a chance, the Celtics to win in seven is plus 250. The Celtics to win in six is five to one. I personally do hope the Bucks win this game and go up three to one. And then the Celtics win the next one at home. So we can get it over five and a half games and then the Bucks can close it out in six or seven. I mean, I know the bigger payout is in seven at seven one, but I'm going to be sweating that one out a lot more if it goes to seven games. And then obviously the Celtics will have home court advantage. So let's hope that the Bucks win this game, the Celtics win the next, and then the Bucks can win game six. We get over uh, five and a half games and we get the Bucks to win in six at plus 550. And we'll be feeling pretty good about it. Now, I do think for this game specifically, and putting what I hope aside, again, I, I kind of got to look into it with the stats a little bit more so. This game's at a pick em right now. I mean, a point advantage to Milwaukee, but it's virtually a pick em. I think I'd go with Milwaukee again. I really do. I mean, they both only made nine three-pointers, 33 attempts from Boston, 34 from Milwaukee. You know, from the floor overall, Milwaukee shot 40.4%. Boston shot 37%. And the Bucks only got to the free throw line 17 times. That's very 
uncharacteristic of this Milwaukee team. The Celtics got there 34 times, so they got a lot of help from the referees. They got double the amount of attempts at the charity stripe than Milwaukee did as a road team. You think that happens again? Milwaukee out-rebounded them by six. Turnovers, they both had 12. Fast break, Milwaukee dominated. 21 fast break points, only 11 for Boston. Points in the paint, advantage Milwaukee, 52-32. to 32. The largest lead for Milwaukee was 14. For Boston, it was only four. So again, Milwaukee really controlled that game. Boston had a great fourth quarter, 34 points. Milwaukee had 23. I think at the end of the day, the score is a tad misleading as to what will actually or should have actually occurred. So I think you go back here with Milwaukee. Now, that could be me being a little biased and hoping they win. Yes, a little bit. But I just, again, and I've said this before, I never have trusted the Celtics team from before the season up until now. I'm not saying they're not a really good team. I'm not saying they don't warrant respect. But they definitely didn't warrant being a $2 favorite over the Bucks in this series or heading into it. Like we said, Giannis, the most unguardable guy in the NBA. Chris Middleton out. Yeah, that stinks, but it's still this Bucks championship team with a solid coach, solid defense, and solid role players. And the Celtics, I just don't trust them as a clutch team as much. Yeah, they had a game winner against the Nets. Cool, they swept them. You, you overreacted to that because the Nets had no defense and no depth aside from KD and Kyrie. Okay. Milwaukee's a different beast, and you saw that after Game 1. Game 2, Boston came alive. Good for him. We wanted that win. We needed it for our bets that we have placed. If you haven't gotten invested in anything, I would probably, if I were you, I would maybe do the Bucks to win in 6 and Bucks to win in 7 bet still, if you want to. I mean, sure. Or you could just take it game by game. It's probably going to be close to a pick in all the remaining spots. In Milwaukee here, they're not getting really any points, it seems, for being at home. I mean, considering the last game was close. Giannis had 42. He had a fantastic game. Now ask yourself, though, did he have, like, is that the ceiling for this Bucks team? How well they played right there? Holiday getting 25. Giannis getting 42. Well, Portis only had nine points. Grayson Allen had none. Lopez, 13. Connaughton, 11. I mean, Tatum only had 10 points, so there's your other side of the thing where you go, okay, come on. Tatum only had 10 points. That ain't happening again. But is can we rely on that? I'm not, look, I'm not going to say he's only going to get 10 points, but Tatum, to me, is not that clutch of a player. And here I am saying it and watch him just have the most clutch performance. But, I mean, when 0 is 6 from 3, it's just that's why I don't trust the Celtics. I don't trust these guys in important playoff games. Jalen Brown had 27 points. He needed or he did what he needed to do. Even Orford dropped 22. He's incredibly consistent. Marcus Smart only nine points, one of four from deep. Look, he knew it was going to be a defensive type of series. Who can close it out at the end? Milwaukee did it. I think they can do it again. So a small lean to the Bucks. Again, I might add it as an official play when we talk on rush hour, but that's kind of where I'm gravitating toward for this game tonight. All right, what about the other game? The Warriors and the Grizzlies. No John Moran for this game. Absolute bummer. Look, I'm invested in the Warriors. I'm still ticked off about it. You don't root for a guy's injury. 
And especially just from an entertainment perspective, I mean, the dude's electric and it makes it more fun. But now the Warriors are a 10.5 point favorite as they lead the series 2-1. to one. They're minus 560 on the money line, plus 410 for the Grizzlies. 223.5 is the total. By the way, told you what we were going to do for Game 3, came through flawlessly. I was watching at a buddy's place after we were golfing, and they are like, what do you want to bet for this game? And I was like, well... I was saying this all week, or not all week, but I guess a day leading up into it, and I'm like, the Warriors' seven-point favorite? Nah, I don't want to lay that much. I don't even like laying that in the regular season. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to have patience. I'm going to wait. There's going to be a time where Memphis keeps it close or gets a lead, and then I'll live bet the Warriors. Folks, it happened in the first quarter. They were down like 10, 13, whatever it was. I was getting minus 120 on the money line for the Warriors. Minus 120. I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to jump on that. They were down 10 to 14, whatever the hell it was when it happened. Yeah, well, they end up winning the game by 30 points. 142 to 112. Thank you very much. Can I have another? That's the beauty of in-game betting, folks. Have that pre-notion strategy implemented in your mind. Then wait for the right time and jump and pounce on it. That's the beauty of this game of basketball where there's a game of runs. I thought the Warriors would win. But I also realized that them being that big of a favorite wasn't as attractive. I know they still covered it, but I'm using this as an example. You knew Memphis is a good enough team that can get out on fast breaks and transition to just get on a brief run, which they did. The in-game numbers, of course, will overreact, even though it's the first quarter in Golden State or with them as the home team and one of the best home court advantages. Pfft. Wasn't even close after that. And we also last week took the Warriors on the series spread after they lost game two, minus one and a half at minus 125. Meaning the Warriors have to win this series in five games, six games. At this point, I mean, obviously they can't sweep, but it would mean to win in a sweep or five or six. But at this point, it's for the Warriors to win in five or six. We got it at minus 125. You know where it is now? Minus 435. We took it because we assumed the Warriors would win game three. And we knew it was not going to be that cheap of a price. It was as low as minus 125. It was as high as minus 180. Now, we didn't handicap it, assuming John Morant was going to be out. But you know what? Even if John Morant was playing, no, it wouldn't be minus 435. But the Warriors would still be a favorite in this game. And in my opinion, the Warriors would still have the better chance to win this game. And I would believe they would. But all I'm saying is there are great opportunities if, one, you make yourself available to many different outlets. And, two, you kind of manifest slash have that preconceived notion of what's going to happen game by game in a series by what team. Look at these odds. And, again, realize which way they can alter and how and when the best opportunity for you to take advantage of it is. That is the beauty of it. So the Warriors now minus 435 on the series spread. They're obviously a big favorite to win the series. Pull up the exact number. They're minus 1,000. The Grizzlies plus 620. And yeah, let's be honest. The Grizzlies probably at worst going to win this series in six games. At best, they win in five naturally, but there's no chance it goes to seven in my mind. I think the Warriors get it done in five or six. So we're sitting pretty okay 
At least I'm feeling pretty okay with our series spread for the Warriors minus one and a half. Hopefully you're able to jump in on that as well, which we talked about here on the CityCast last week and on Rush Hour. Alrighty, folks, let's transition to the puck. Talk some hockey here. We got the Stanley Cup postseason going on. It's been exciting, and throughout this exciting hockey playoff time, Bet Rivers has a special offer through the remainder of the Stanley Cup postseason because throughout the playoffs, you can place three same-game parlays of $10 or more on each round, and you'll receive a $10 free bet at the conclusion of each round. You can think of it as a betting hat trick. Now, terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Create your ideal combo with same game parlays on the Bet Rivers app or at betrivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler. That's 1 800 426 2537. Okay, let's take a quick look into the Stanley Cup postseason right now. Uh, Not too much time I'll spend on this because I'll probably go deeper into it on Rush Hour. Some intriguing games tonight. The Panthers now down 2-1 as the Capitals got their first home game of the series. Uh, The Panthers minus 180, the Capitals plus 150. I don't know how you lay that much with Florida right now. I mean, Florida's the better team, but they stink in the postseason, and you're kind of seeing it right now. So that'll be a stay away because, yeah, the Panthers should win, but I don't want to lay that much, and I don't even want to go with the puck line plus 132. If you told me you are taking plus 150 with Washington, I wouldn't disagree. The Flames and the Stars, Calgary, down 2-1. I thought, you know, Dallas probably was not getting as much respect as they should. But, look, Calgary should win. Uh, They're up to minus 159 in this game. The Stars are plus 135. Calgary, you know, they're a team that took advantage of a weak division. That's why I wasn't infatuated with them. We did take a little flyer on them at 15-1 midway through the season. But I still never had that much confidence. And I, look, yeah, I may be overreacting. But still, I mean, I've always had that sentiment. I think they'll figure it out. They probably win this game. Let's see how they fare on the road, though. Colorado, Nashville, the Avalanche looking to sweep tonight. They're minus 250. Nashville's plus 210. Um, Colorado on the puck line, plus 102. Total's at six in the hook. I'd probably lay the puck line if I was going to do anything or, you know, a win in regulation with the Avalanche. Finally, the night, or tonight, excuse me, the game that I am looking forward to potentially betting the Rangers and the Penguins. Now, Pittsburgh leads this series 2-1. to one. I actually like Pittsburgh in this series as the underdog. I didn't bet it, but I was doing a competition, or I am doing a competition with a uh, fellow friend who loves talking and betting hockey. And you had to pick the series and whatnot and the exact amount of games it would finish in, yada, yada, yada. Long story short, I picked the Penguins here. Shesterkin, great goalie. Not a great outing the last time. I think they took him out in the first period. Game was knotted up for a piece, and the Penguins took over 1-7-4. Now, Pittsburgh, I'm not in love with them, but the Rangers' offense is not as dominant, in my opinion, as Pittsburgh's, right? And Penguins now having a 2-1 advantage, another game at home tonight. I wouldn't mind betting them. They're minus 104. New York's minus 113. Puck line with the Rangers, plus 205. If you want to take the puck in the hook with Pittsburgh, minus 250. Totals at 6, minus 110 to the over, minus 107 to the under. Let me see. So the Penguins, again, remember, they're plus 1.5 on the puck line, minus 250. 
Now, if you move that little sidebar that you got at Bet Rivers, which is always fun to do, you could go to Pittsburgh minus one and a half, and that would be plus 225. Not too shabby, right? Looking at the odds and kind of where they opened, again, vsin.com, vsin.com, you got tabs for all the sports, the betting splits. You could see the pros versus Joes, the opening lines, various different books, and by state. It's really amazing. I literally use it for every bet. But the Rangers open minus 120. And in some spots, you have seen it flip toward Pittsburgh. But most of the spots still have come down a little bit, meaning the betting has gone in the market toward the Penguins a tad bit. Not a lot, but enough to be noticeable. I'd be betting Pittsburgh, if anything. And again, with that puck line value, I'm not saying that I trust Pittsburgh enough to cover the puck line. Nor do you have to bet that instead of the money line price, which is, of course, relatively, or I mean, it's more than, it's appropriate enough to just bet and lay minus 106 or whatever the hell it was. I mean, the value's really intriguing there, and it's kind of hard to pass up. I mean, look at this. Like, Pittsburgh won that overtime game, right? Four to three. They won the last one, seven to four. There's only been the one game that's been by a goal, and that was game one. I mean, the Rangers won five, two. So, two out of the three games have been more than than one goal so there's been value there with a series that's neck and neck with teams that are neck and neck and they're giving you value because they're thinking that but realistically because of the empty net and just from what we've seen this game will probably end by more than one goal unless it goes overtime right so i'm just saying there could be value there but i kind of like i mean you got the ming still in net the third stringer it's an incredible story he's been great but, yeah, I think I'd have to go with Pittsburgh or nothing. It's desperation mode for the Rangers for sure. But I kind of like the Penguins. Again, I haven't bet it. I'll do a little bit more research and analysis as we progress. And the reason I'm not, like I'm saying I like it and I'll maybe let you know by rush hour, it's because the market moves a lot by the time. You know, I'm recording this at 10.30 a.m. By the time I get to rush hour, it's 5 p.m. And a lot of things can happen then. I mean, at this point, who the hell knows with even COVID? I mean, you saw it happen in the NBA a lot. Usually you're getting a little bit more notice, but I'm just using that as kind of a hyperbole example, but it does happen. And late goalies, I don't know, anything. And again, just maybe late steam to one side or the other, which you typically want to be on the side of. That's why I'm going to wait just a little bit, let my thought process on it kind of thaw out. And then if I am playing it again... I'll list it out on Rush Hour during Danny's Nime. So make sure you're checking it out at Danny Burke 5. You can follow on Twitter where I always tweet out the link. Check out VSIN.com for not only my show, but our 24-7 streaming and much more surrounding everything and all things sports betting. Hey, by the way, hopefully you cashed in on the Derby. Wasn't even close from what I took. And again, like I said, I don't follow the ponies. I was just gathering info from other people. And uh, yeah, not really closer, but hell of a race. My goodness. That was incredible. Rich strike, 80 to 1. How the hell about it? That's why you love it. That's why we keep playing for that potential to get that huge cash out. Hopefully you were one of them. Probably not because, well, who the hell was betting that? But some people did. Some people threw five bucks on it. I had a buddy who did. I know people did it just because, hey, maybe you like the name. Maybe you like the color. Maybe you like the horse. Maybe you like... I don't know who's breeding it and the trainers and where they're from. I think it was Venezuelan horse. So people who are Venezuelan were like, yeah, give me that horse. I saw that on Twitter. So good for you if you're one of them.
But yeah, great time of the year. Still rolling here with the postseason in hockey and basketball. And of course, in the thick of it, full swing of things with some baseball. And by the way, I was talking about this on my other show, Bet on Chicago, which goes Saturday nights, WLS 890 AM, 7 and 9 PM Central Time. We're going to look at the Bears' win total a little bit more so this week. Six and a half is the number. I get it. The expectations ain't high. I think the Bears could be a little bit undervalued. And I'll tell you why tomorrow on another edition of the Chicago City Cast. Until then, best of luck with your plays, ladies and gentlemen, and take care.